This is the Rolling Elephant Podcast. And before I introduce my co-host Dave, I just want to make sure, put it out there, that this podcast is here for the good. For the greater good. It doesn't the say greater it's just for the good. good. Just for the good. I know, but I'm channeling my uh, my inner uh, anyone familiar with Hot Fuzz, uh, the uh, great Simon Pegg film. Uh, oh, you're missing out. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes to a YouTube clip where uh, the greater good is repeated about 10 times. Anyway, yes, it's all for the good. For the good of what, though, and for the good of who? That's the question. Uh, well, it's not a question anymore because uh, HPE actually has a full manifesto out there uh, for the good of the UK public sector manifesto brought to you by the good people of Hewlett Packard Enterprises. Indeed. So okay. this this was, uh, I guess, nudged in our direction by an article uh, on the register, which paints a, unsurprisingly, sort of quite polarizing view of this uh, of this particular policy. And the the angle I think that uh, the register takes is that HPE is perhaps unsurprisingly uh, positioning that even though so UK government had, had a cloud first mm -hmm. policy for quite some time now, um, this manifesto that HP have put out is perhaps challenging that maybe cloud isn't always the right answer. And uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's stirred some people up as to uh, thinking wise is what's HP's angle here? I mean, I think we can very clearly guess what that angle might be, uh, but uh, you know, does is it really that simple? Is it really that clear? Yeah, but first of all, doesn't HP have a cloud, a public cloud out there? I mean, surely a big player like them have a cloud out there, so they shouldn't be against cloud first things. Yeah, so they had a public cloud offering. Um, I think between around two thousand ten or two thousand eleven through to two thousand sixteen. Um, uh, the, it was actually, I think it was codenamed, uh, it was codenamed Big Sneeze. Ah, oh dear, excuse me. So yeah, HP do indeed have a, or did indeed have a public cloud offering. They, between, so I think it was 2010 or 2011 and 2016, they had a public cloud which was actually built on OpenStack and had some fairly significant elements of Cloud Foundry uh, incorporated into it. And it was codenamed Helion. So if you search for HP Helion, you'll find more about it. And I think I, I did do a quick check and the, the stats, I'm not sure I entirely believe them, but they apparently it grew from sort of around about $300 million uh, in revenue up to about $3 billion in 2016. Uh, but they closed it, closed it down 31st of January 2016. So I'm not quite... The, the This comes from a Wikipedia article and it does have the uh, um, somewhat notable citation needed for those numbers. <laughs> so not quite sure... Uh, where those numbers came from but anyway it is no more uh, it has uh, it has gone away it has bit the dust uh, 
So yeah, HPE don't really have a a strong um, sort of contender in this space. No, and also on the on the on the back end, because you might still think that okay, AWS, Google, uh, Azure, and maybe also IBM and Oracle, if you want to spend mention all the clouds and Tencent, and Alibaba, they have hardware too. And in the past, that hardware was probably Dell, HP, Lenovo, whatever stuff. But more and more, those clouds are building their own hardware now based on open architectures and things like that. So basically, there's no revenue coming from there anymore. So they can't sell to the cloud vendors. They can't sell directly to the yeah. customers anymore. And yeah, I'm pretty sure they're starting to feel this. I mean, data centers, unless you're a, cloud, a public cloud provider, your data centers are probably shrinking. Yeah, there's at the very least, like static. Like I stat think static or declining? I think it's static because it's a bit of an offset because uh, in later in the recent years, it's become easier for uh, Joe Public to have a server in Iraq somewhere. I mean, I mm. have a server in Iraq. Even before we did the podcast, I had that. So that's also offsetting a little bit, but still it's not the, to be a successful company these days, you have to double your revenue every year or something like that. I mean, it's crazy if you think about it. Uh, data center business isn't booming that size. Public clouds, yes. So yeah, it's obvious why HP would have a, a, a an opinion about this. Let's call it that. Yeah. But maybe before we go into the manifesto itself, uh, I think it's good to just make sure that it's understood that the uh, this is a public sector cloud first policy that they're reacting against, not a cloud only policy. And when I was reading through the manifesto, I was kind of Think, uh, doubting if HP actually understood that correctly, or if they're just using a bit of hyperbole here to make the to make a point. Probably the latter ones, because a cloud first thing, as long as your metrics and your decision tables, whatever, are set up correctly, is not necessarily a bad thing, because it does not preclude things to be off cloud as long as it makes sense. And basically, yeah, that helps. Uh, from a personal point of view, I can agree that if you can deploy something on a cloud, it usually deploys faster because you don't have to go to procurement of hardware. So I can understand for public sector where procurement of hardware is usually something that takes quite a bit of time. Just from the point of view of acceleration of certain projects, a cloud-first policy can make a lot of sense. But it yeah. should never be a cloud-only policy. And, and the interesting thing is that this is not a new policy either. Like this policy was first announced back in 2013. So the the fact that HP, you know, some years later, is now kind of responding to this, I think does speak to your comments earlier around, you know, initial announcement, probably great that another policy change, what do you do? But it does perhaps suggest that the, as you say, the HP is now seeing a material difference in how organizations are spending with them and that probably that that, tr that spend trend, I'm sure there's probably a better way to put it, is, is kind of going in a direction that they are not uh, terribly happy with. And this is in some way, shape or form their, um, you know, their attempt to address this. Yeah, and the lateness, um, again, we're talking about public sector here and a big part of the world, public sector is still shying away from cloud totally. I mean, I know in the region that I work, public cloud in, in, in public sector, public cloud usage, that's two publics, uh, is a big no-no still for the whole data uh, privacy protection and all that kind of stuff. 
apparently in UK, because it's a, a UK directed manifesto, mm-hmm. public cloud is now also jumping on the cloud, pub, on the public cloud bandwagon. It's twin publics in that sense, <laughs> um, which makes it work. And of course, also, there's much more available on cloud today. I mean, in 2013, SaaS services were far and far in between. To there wasn't that much mm-hmm. available yet. It was, yeah, you could use a VM and do it all again. Okay, fine, I'll stay in my data center then. I already have the hardware there for the next four years anyway. We're now yeah. four, eight years later. A lot of SaaS is now available. So yeah, it's, the hurt will only get bigger, I guess. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So should we... Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of switch gears to the actual manifesto itself, which is a bit less polarizing and a bit, a bit sort of... Uh, well, I was going to say a bit blander, but like a bit more... <laughs> A bit more vague, I think, is the is yeah. sort of one of the sort of comments you made around this. I'd say that's my major complaint about the manifesto. I mean, manifestos are supposed to be a bit woolly, I guess, but this one is very woolly indeed, and it doesn't really. It says it says very little in very many words. <laughs> yes, and many of those words are for the good, uh, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> So, all right, so like, the, the first, we're, we're not going to cover every single one of these themes because I, honestly, some of this stuff is very much outside of our wheelhouse. But um, the, the first theme, you know, infrastructure conscious and making sure that there's a, a choice between, I guess, what infrastructure people are choosing for their next project, for their refresh project, for whatever it is that they're doing. Um, yes, I guess, but like people always have choice. Like to your again to your point earlier, like a cloud-first sort of uh, policy does not preclude any other options. So I guess th- this is trying to position the fact that maybe people are brainwashed into just thinking that cloud is the only option. Uh, for me, it's hyperbole for the case for the use of alerting of alarming to into the extreme. Let's say, I mean, if you plant people's, if you plant the idea in people's mind that cloud first probably means you won't be able to do certain things anymore because, okay, people get more resistance against it. For a manifesto like that, it's kind of the big warning. Uh, warning light at the front that has to capture the attention, I guess. But I mean, even in, a, in their language here, across the entire ecosystem from edge to cloud, well, edge can be cloud, but very often isn't because that sensor in the field somewhere isn't isn't running in a cloud. It's the sensor in the field, basically. So, yeah, I don't really understand it. Now, also the manifesto here, their thing is that they 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 promise to give honest advice about this. So they're not even talking about the real infrastructure things here. They're more talking about the fact that they'll give honest advice, which, well, everybody in sales is honest up to a point. If you have good salespeople, then they're still honest, but still, you know that they're trying to sell you something and people know this and it's understood that they will be a bit more in favor of their own product. That's just how yeah, it I mean, works. You can, you can be honest and still be motivated to guide someone in a particular direction. There's nothing, yeah, exactly. as you say, it, that's... It's not deceitful very, or devious, it's just, yeah. Yeah. You have a certain, I mean, in the ideal world, you're working in a certain company because you believe in the products in the company and you think they are good products. 
and that's why yeah. you sell those products. So from that point of view, would be okay. The world isn't perfect, sadly, but let's just assume that. Uh, and if you take this into account, then this first team is pretty much non-existent at that point because, yeah, of course, if I assume that the HP people are going to at least be honest about, about what they're telling me. If I had yeah. dug a little deeper here in what was a good choice between cloud and non-cloud, that would have made more sense in the manifesto, I think. Just give people some hands, some, some handholds about how would you approach something, how you make a decision, should this be in cloud or not, and things that we've talked about on this podcast a lot about, things like data gravity. Mm. That's where you should be thinking of there, but this manifesto doesn't really go there. Yeah, indeed. And the the sec so let's moving on because mm -hmm. we're uh, going a little bit long. But like the the second theme, cloud conscious, is really in my mind it's an extension of the first. Like they it's almost like they they wanted nine themes, so they kind of stretched <laughs> the, stretched things to suit. But this is this is about you know them talking about bridging between public cloud and now talking private cloud. So trying to you know I wonder if this is partially trying to say, well, you can you can be cloud first, just do it in private cloud, and we'll supply all the hardware and services for you. <laughs> uh, which, again, yes, for some organizations, private cloud makes a lot of sense. Um, but that's not really, that's not the spirit of the cloud first policy. The spirit of the cloud first policy is to um, accelerate and I guess more support the use uh, and selection of cloud first uh, of cloud-based technologies mm -hmm. um, in order to drive innovation drive down cost um, yeah, accelerate programs that you know to your point often get stymied in you know very very long procurement cycles and things like that but yeah obviously that this is now kind of yeah, HP offering to bridge the gap between public and private cloud. Yeah, and through the manifesto, manifesto they start using the, the hybrid cloud term a lot as well, which I think is a better thing. Because personally, I do think private clouds have should have gone the way of the dodo years ago. I mean, mm. the whole idea, I mean, the amount of times I see organizations having containers on top of VMware, on top of hardware, that doesn't make sense. That's not what private cloud is supposed to do. If you're going to be doing containers, don't have a virtualization layer in between. Yeah, but I can use my unified hardware procurement that way. Fine. It has been proven, I think, that unified hardware doesn't work. It's it's the, the whole idea of having hardware that you can kind of fix, fit together to fit a purpose is good. Having a one server that has to rule all. That's enormously bloatful. That, that's horrible. That, that, that doesn't work. And that has been, I think, I said proven too many times already, I think. But I think it's been proven that that just doesn't work anymore. So pivoting away from public cloud in favor of private cloud, I think is a horrible idea. Mm -hmm. Looking at hybrid cloud, on the other hand, that can make perfect sense. But hybrid cloud does not have to mean public private cloud. It means public cloud and other stuff. Mm. It might be partially Kubernetes, partially VMware. VMware has a reason to be, and partially just bare metal. But the one thing I want to note on this one before we move on is that in the little bold text, if, if you scroll down into the PDF further, there's more explanation about this stuff. And one of the things it says there is, uh, what you see, that uh, the choice of cloud environments should not be a barrier to digital transformation. 
And that one, I mean, digital transformation was actually coined by Microsoft to push Azure. So digital transformation is equal to public cloud. And again, this seems again to be a kind of a push towards um, maybe breaking hype terms, taking away meaning from hype terms. Not never a bad idea, I guess. But this sentence actually doesn't make sense because the whole idea behind this transformation was moving to the cloud. And mm. here saying that cloud should not be a barrier to digital. Uh, not sure what they're trying uh, to do here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll call a bit of exception to that because the phrase mm. digital transformation has been around a very, very long time. But, but like for the marketing people, push came from Microsoft. Uh, I'll yeah again I'll I'll strongly disagree with that. Like the phrase digital transformation has been used heavily from people moving from paper based systems to spreadsheets and like that. Anyway, um, that's going off in a completely different tangent. So we'll move on instead to the the third theme, which is outcome conscious, and this just. Uh, I mean, if you're not, if you're not, um, you know, working on a project that is focused on the outcome, like you shouldn't be doing the thing in the first place. So we are talking uh, public sector here. So uh, come on, that be, be nice. Um, besides, you work heavily in public. Sector. Yes, it's my uh, bread and butter. Yeah, so maybe maybe speaking for a position of uh, of strength there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, this this just feels like really really weak. Like, I, do you really need to tell people that they should focus on on the outcomes rather than just adopting technology willy nilly? Well, maybe this is more a reflection of how HP was traditionally doing their business. The stuff that HP <laughs> was pushing was, in my experience, not always. And my experience is now a while. It's been a while since I did. Uh, uh, I call it uh, when I bought hardware, but uh, typically, and I'm talking like 10, 10, 15 years ago, when hardware vendors came uh, across your doorstep, they pushed the stuff they wanted to sell and not necessarily stuff you wanted, you needed. And this is still happening in a certain point if you're talking about hyper-converged architectures. Because yeah. hyper-converged things I'm not a fan of, they have their use and they can be very good, yeah. but they're being pushed as the solution for everything. And that is typically not an outcome conscious decision. But again, those are being pushed by the vendors and not by the uh, buyers. So yeah, this number three is a very, <sighs> let's not go into too, too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So another one that I don't think we're going to go down the rabbit hole on is the fourth theme, social value conscious. Do you want to go down? Do you want to cover this at all? Or should we just skip across? Um, well, I've got nothing good to say about it, so let's get across. All right. Uh, sorry, Policy I don't mean that social values are not important, just to make sure. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, what yeah, they yeah. write about it. I don't have anything to say. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Same here. I mean, policy conscious, I mean, I don't, I don't, this just doesn't make any sense to me. The, 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 this, I mean, yes, you need to be conscious of the policy, and the policy is cloud first, but just make the right decision. And the policy is more about validating, at least back in 2013, it was about validating organizations, public sector organizations can choose cloud-based solutions. To, you know, to your comments earlier, many public sector organizations for a very long time have been told, 
oh, you're public sector, or we can't can't do things in 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 public cloud because oh, unsecure, dangerous, blah blah blah, which we all know is complete uh, rubbish. So I, I I was looking for a, a polite term to use, um, or at least it's not. There is a lot of scaremongering that goes into it. Let's put it that way. So the policy was about was more in my mind about sort of saying validating you can choose a public cloud based solution if it's the thing that makes sense and you should consider public cloud based solutions first uh, rather than as also runs so i don't really like it, the the fifth theme here as you read through that if you choose to read through the manifesto it feels like it's more being twisted almost to reversal. Like, oh, you know, we support the policy, but really you should go and look at on-prem stuff because that's really where the things should be done. Okay, two things. First thing, the data privacy, data protection thing is a thing in the government. Especially but we're talking about using... that in the ninth theme, so you don't need to go that now. No, but you said that that wasn't a problem, that was garbage. I disagree with that because Especially because most of the clouds are US-based for the EU. And after Brexit, the UK doesn't have to care about that anymore. But in my part of the world, we still care about GDPR and stuff. And that is something to be aware of. If it's a blocker, that's not a thing. But it's definitely not garbage. No, but the the scaremongery saying there that, scaremongery, oh, it can't yeah, be definitely. done. It, like, it can be done. Yes, you need to be aware of the policies. Yes, you need to make sure the, the solutions are compliant with GDPR and any other policies and, and guidelines that you need to follow. Um, it can't always be done. I mean, let's say that uh, Belgium, let's all piss on Belgium for a moment. I'm Belgian, by the way, so I can. Um, let's say that they make a nuclear submarine. The US government can force any cloud provider out there except Tencent and Alibaba to hand over all the data. Okay, let's encrypt the stuff. Cool. Not all clouds, some do, and I'll leave it up to the listener to decide which ones, allow you to bring your own key. If you can't bring your own key, the cloud vendor can be forced to hand over the key, blah, 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 blah. And even worse, they can force the cloud provider to not divulge that they've done that. Now, this is a potentially, potentially something that can happen. If it happens or not, I don't know. If I say no, I'm probably naive. If I say yes, I'm probably scaremongering. Basically, I'm not going to say anything on the point, but there is a risk and for certain things. And of course, Belgium is not going to build a nuclear submarine because they don't have a sea. Uh, um, but it, it's something that varies from if you go high enough in security, it becomes a blocker at a certain point. But that also becomes a blocker on to the point that they can't go into any kind of third party data center. They have to kind of have the disks under their desks or else it doesn't work. So there's levels of problems here. But again, Going off the point, I'm just saying it's not garbage. It's scaremongering. Yes, it's being over and then overinflated. Yes, but it's not garbage. That being said, the only reason to have uh, number five in here, I think, is after I read one, two, three, and four, they kind of scratched their head and thought, maybe government isn't liking us at this point. Let's just promise that we will follow their policies because, well, in the end, it's the law, so we can't, but we can't pretty much break the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, moving on with the uh final four yeah i mean environmentally conscious 
I, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like it's all of the, all of the all of the cloud vendors, you know, are, are on this march towards being carbon neutral, depending on exactly how they decide that they want to measure yeah. being carbon neutral. Like and lies, damn lies, and statistics. You can twitch anything, and I I bundle HP in this category as well. I'm sure, you know, I they're 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 trying to uh, to to kind of wind the figures in their favor the cloud providers are doing the same uh, it's a wash in my mind well the good thing for hp is that their goals are so unambitious that they might even make them <laughs> fair enough all right economically conscious theme number seven they're not gonna price couch me anymore uh, well, That's to me, one. this is this is all the way back. Uh, this is very closely linked to the third theme: outcome conscious. Like again, it's ROI. The, it, yeah, it's all based on the ROI. Like the the it's outcome big. needs to match the 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 fundamental return on investment needs to line up. And I, this is not a cloud or non-cloud um, um. sort of thing really it's about doing the right thing yeah but i would give them something here that it is still very hard to correctly calculate cost of cloud there's so many i'm gonna call yep. it hidden costs maybe not hidden but they're kind of muffled away a little dollar cents here and there accumulating quite nicely i mean there's a reason public cloud is so big i mean it's good for consumers but it's definitely also good for the guys providing it so if this uh, theme would actually lead to, I don't know, a movement of having more clarity, more more transparency on how these costs are being calculated, calculated through, backcharged, whatever. That would be a good thing because at the moment, comparing cloud vendors, for example, on cost is a very hard thing to do because unless you actually yeah. deploy the thing, you don't really know what's going to cost you. Yeah, yeah, and the the sort of economically conscious piece, I think, is also around. Um, you know, doing things the right way. Like you can, you can lift and shift migrate something, and have a very very expensive way to run a particular um, solution, or you can do things the more um, cloud native way, and you can um, you can run things more far more economically, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. Uh, yeah, again, it's one of those things that I I don't really think have a place here uh, in this in this manifesto. Yeah, moving on to the penultimate one, skill conscious. I was hoping they were gonna I don't know pledge some free training or stuff like that, but nope, that's not what they mean. Apparently, it's more that they see the problem that skills are rare, but they don't really offer any kind of solution to it, as far as I could read. Yeah, and the one thing I will give the cloud providers credit for is they all have pretty complete training and certification tracks. They all do a reasonably good job, I think, on um, you know putting content out there for people to uh, educate themselves and you know get on those kind of uh, tracks to get the and develop the skills that they need to be able to deploy this are the skills rarer than those of maybe a more traditional data center 
type deployment? Yes, probably. Um, is that situation changing? Uh, yes, I think so. I think far more people are focusing on um, developing skills for public cloud than they than they are for. I don't know. Let's pick on a pick on a an on prem more on prem focused vendor like VMware. Like more people, I would guess, uh, I would suppose, are developing their cloud skills with with one or multiple cloud providers than are picking up. VMware certifications, for example. Well, that's also what the market is asking for, right? I mean, it's a good thing yeah. because it's very much harder to move from a VMware knowledge base to a KVM-based knowledge base because it's totally different products, while cloud vendors pretty much are based on REST APIs. So once you have that in your head what the REST API is, it's just kind of, yeah, learning the dialect that it talks, basically, but the ideas behind it say the same. Yeah. And now the final one that, in my mind, this should have been the guiding principle of the whole document because yes. this is to me is the one that makes the most sense but i also understand why all of those other things were there because those other things are more there for business oriented and focused people and this is more of a more of a technical consideration although it has significant repercussions and that's data conscious we've talked multiple times on this podcast before about data gravity um, we regularly bounce around these ideas around data sovereignty and data protection laws and all these other things that are often the things that make or break a solution being possible or not possible. Um, the, the considerations around your data, whether it's the where it needs to be located whether it's the who has access or potential access to, or whether it's just um, sh the sheer volume of data and how and where it's processed. Those are the things that more often than not, in my experience, tend to guide where things go in terms of, uh, you know, public, private, hybrid, whatever. Yeah, I already ranted about this uh, halfway the episode, so I'm going to repeat all that. Uh, the one thing that kind of triggers me here is also the addition of the application of AI-driven solutions. I'm not really certain <laughs> if that's really something cloud, non-cloud. I mean, that's an algorithm. doesn't really care where it runs. No, exactly. Right, well, unfortunately, that's kind of ending on a bit of a downer. Uh, <sighs> so AI will save us all. So, 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 what, what, what can we share that's uplifting for our audience as we wrap things up? Uh, I think the good thing is that people are talking about this because yep. the choice for cloud and non-cloud is a choice, and it's a choice you should make well. If a cloud-first or cloud-only thing works for you, again, cloud-only, don't restrict yourself. Why would you? It's only going to cost you more in the end. That's the whole thing about behind uh, vendor uh, lock-in and things like that. If you go cloud only, you kind of cloud lock-in yourself, which is all never a good thing. So basically, yeah. I think it's good that the discussion is happening. Fair enough. Yeah, make smart choices. I think is uh, is the message of the day. Hire smart people. Yeah, and with that, unless there's anything else from you, nope. Then that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon and every contribution really does help. We're on YouTube. You can like, you can subscribe, you can comment, you can hit the notification bell. 
Please also go to RoaringElephant.org for a link to our Patreon page. And for more information about this podcast, you can also follow us on Twitter using the at RoaringElephant tag and send your feedback to podcast at RoaringElephant.org. Until next time, my name is uh, Manifesto Dave. And my name is For the Greater Good John. <laughs> the Greater Good. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. I was wondering if it would be greater good or just good. <laughs>